Born of a broken man, but not a broken man. Born of a broken man, but not a broken man. Born of a broken man, but not a broken man. <laughs> That's it. That's all there you, you had to do, man. That's all. I know. I we we got to be the oddest podcast out there asking our guests to do a little karaoke style. Yeah, and, and I apologize for no, not. No, no, all good, man. You, you're, you're great on the fly. You're totally great on the fly. Welcome, Spencer. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I know we chatted quite a few times. We met through LinkedIn and, and you got a lot of stuff going on. But today we're going to talk about 813 leads. So this mm -hmm. is something that's, uh, I guess, really important in the construction industry uh, because I think everybody in construction don't know how to do this. You know what I'm saying? Like this yeah, is no, the sales sure. part of it. We think we know how to do this, but we don't really know how to do this, man. Um, mm -hmm. So we're hoping that you can kind of shed some light on all this, but definitely introduce your, yourself first and the whole 813 leads and the idea and how it all came about. And then we'll just get chatting about that, man. Yeah, for sure. So I'm the founder of 813 leads. <clears throat> um, I, I've been running our strategy that formed into a business for, the last uh, year and a half or so, almost, you know, kind of going on two years. And um, this is a strategy that I've worked in, you know, some businesses that I'm a part of and, you know, some other businesses that I own. And I saw a real, uh, some real traction with how the strategy was working. So um, I started dealing with, uh, with the strategy within the real estate space. And I was helping my girlfriend at the time, um, you know, generate leads and connect with real estate investors on LinkedIn. And from there, she was able to build those relationships and she was able to work a lot of off-market properties and she was able to make a lot of commission out of that. Nice. So once I saw that, I'm like, ah, you know, I got something here. And then I started applying that same strategy to orthopedics. So I'm the director of marketing for an orthopedic group in, in Tampa. And I started running campaigns for the surgeons uh, connecting with nurse case managers, um, you know, and, and primary care physicians, anybody that could essentially uh, refer patients over to the orthopedic practice. And I saw that was working. I'm like, okay, I really got something here. And then so I same principles, you're using the same principles and yeah, same principles, okay. same system. Um, same foundation, but it's not cookie cutter, right? Like, so any other, like any business, I have to go in and do a little bit of fact finding to understand how the business operates, um, you know, wh where the revenue streams are, where I can create revenue streams and just see where like the low hanging fruit are. Um, first, I attack those. And then, you know, based on what the client is trying to uh, achieve, you know, then I, I, I fine tune things and adjust as needed. Nice, nice. We're getting ahead of ourselves. I even totally forgot to tell everybody. So it's www.813leads.com. To get a hold of you, Spencer at 81leads.com. And then all over social, it's 813leads, right? And I also yep. forgot to give the guys a shout out. I'm wearing a Magcore jersey here, uh, the, the sweaty, the hoodie. Uh, guys do a demolition here in Toronto. I know you're in Florida, right? Yep, Tampa, Florida. So, yeah, so we're in the time, same time zone, just... Uh, about a, a street or two apart. That's all we really are, right? <laughs> no, no, we're no. So it's all good. So I just wanted to just let her. I like doing little shout outs, giving shout outs, and things like that. So I mean, I know that when I asked you when we started speaking, I, I want to first ask you the question: How important is LinkedIn to business in general? I think it's super important. I personally. agree with you. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, it's super important. There's so many professionals that are actively using the the platform, and I feel like everybody is so hyper-focused on Instagram and Facebook that they lose sight of like where you can actually build business. You know, I, I feel like, you know, in my mind, Instagram and Facebook are kind of like fluff. 
you know, you know, maybe, you know, Facebook's a little more family oriented. You have a little bit more of your tribe, but Instagram to me is becoming this just like, you know, tip of the iceberg, like flaunt all your successes type of type of thing. And, you know, I was forced with some of the things that I do on the side, I was forced to pivot and focus a lot of energy on LinkedIn. And um, I see a lot of value there. You know, if, if I want to do a ton of networking, you know, digitally, you know, that's where I'm going to do it. I agree with you, Spencer, totally, 100%. I've been telling everybody in the trades probably for like the last two, three years that's, that LinkedIn is a platform that you should be paying attention to. If you're not already on there, then you're already missing out. And I agree with you that Instagram and TikTok has just become a major waste. Of you. I guess you really have to be a surgeon to really figure out. Because I know that there's a lot of uh, real estate people, a lot of mortgage brokers. They're mm-hmm. on, they're sharing stuff on TikTok and it's valuable to them and they're getting traction and they're getting people following them, which is great. You know, kudos to all them. But I just think when it comes to, I guess, serious business, like I don't, yeah. I don't see TikTok or Instagram being any part of that. I think just for having some fun and get a giggle out of it, great. But now I want to have some serious business. Let's go to Facebook and let's go to LinkedIn. That's where we're going to have some business. Absolutely. As far as business development goes, LinkedIn's where it's at. That's where you need to be. That's where you need to put your focus on. Now, brand exposure, that's when, you know, you can tiptoe and and kind of play around with TikTok and Instagram. And those platforms really, uh, they... they favor video content, like short form video content. So like 15 seconds, that's why TikTok, you know, and then Instagram came out with the Instagram reels. You know, you create these uh, 15 second short form videos that are kind of splices of a bunch of different things and you put music on it and stuff like that. Those are the types of things that can go viral and get eyes on a brand. But as far as like building valuable relationships, LinkedIn's where it's at. I mean, like we're talking about a demographic it's probably similar to, to your girlfriends with real estate you got to be talking late twenties and up, yeah. right? That's, that's yeah. who's really paying attention. And as much as they're yeah. probably visiting those other sites, those other apps, when they actually want to make a hard decision, they want to pay attention to someone that's given a, a sales pitch that's a little longer than 15 seconds. And I know that yeah. I want to get into a little bit and you decide how much you want to share the whole mm-hmm. ele- elevator pitch. Like, I mean, I guess in construction, let's just, you know, I don't know what the extent of your knowledge is with tradespeople and construction in general and work and getting leads and everything like that. What are some of the things that we're doing wrong that we need to, we're, we're basically leaving food on the table, you know, by not doing these right things? So I think first, the first thing that comes to mind is that we live now in a digital world. 100%. And it's only going to be more digital, right? Like it's only trending in that direction. So <clears throat> like having that digital touch point and a ton of digital touch points, I believe is very important. But it doesn't always have to be like there's a point where you, it, it has to stop being all digital. Right. Like then you have to have that in-person type of uh, interaction with people. And where I think people are falling short is there's so many tools out there and there's so many um, you know services out there that can help you network and, and put your brand in front of a ton of people. You know what I mean? In, in a specific way to where you can almost, you know, reach the masses. And I feel like that's so underutilized and people aren't doing that. You know, there's a lot of people that I get in, uh, you know, in touch with and they're like, oh, you know, I'm old fashioned. I'm old school. So what does that mean? You go out and you door knock all the time. Like you go and, you know, you, you go out and you, you get in touch with 10 people, <clears throat> maybe at most in a given day. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm getting in touch with hundreds of people. You know what I mean? And not any given day. Yes. Yeah. And that's where I feel like people fall short. 
it's funny is that someone a tradesperson actually sent me an email saying uh should i redesign my business cards i got this message today from it should i redesign my business cards and get some new business cards and then it's funny that it's really ironic that you just said what you just said because i, was, I said to that person i said we live in a digital platform if you want to get a hold of me then find me somewhere on digital platforms. Find me either through an email, a website, a social app, or something like that. Those are my business cards. Is that not yeah. true, Spencer? No, I 100% agree. Um, you know, and a lot of times, like, you know, anytime I'm, you know, pitching somebody or I'm bringing somebody on, uh, you know, as, as a client, I always tell them, like, I'm going to do uh, an, uh, an audit of your profile. And your profile is essentially like your LinkedIn profile is like a glorified resume. It's yeah. your glorified business card, right? It has all of your important things on there. It has like, you know, your picture, your banner, all of the, uh, you know, important pieces of information. So yeah, I 100% agree. It's, it's, I think that they need, they need to actually start structuring their business. No different than if you were doing it with a handshake. You, when you were doing it with a handshake back in the day, you showed up a certain way. You were driving a certain kind of vehicle. You were introducing yourself a certain, you, the, the, the grip of your handshake was a certain way. Everything that you used to do transfer, you know, transfer to a digital platform now. Just think about yeah. all the actions that you used to do and then translate it into a digital platform. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Honestly, like I, I've never thought of it in that sense. But yeah, like I come across uh, so many people that they'll have like their profile set up and it's it's just not aesthetically pleasing. No. You know, like sometimes they won't have a banner, you know, uh, photo. Like sometimes like their the verbiage on their headline is all uh, messed up. And, you know, that's what I, you know, I go in and I do. I, I shape and all that up so it looks clean. It looks presentable because that's how you, you need to present yourself. Like it's the first thing that people see when they get in touch with you, you know, when they go to your page. So how do we, so Spencer, let's, let's take a, a business brand new, right out of the gate, no mm -hmm. clients, no projects. They're just like, I woke up this morning. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to build houses and I don't even know anything about building houses or whatever. So they are starting at zero on every single level. What mm -hmm. do they have to do? Well, First, they got to make sure that they actually have, uh, you know, a business model like they have that they need a foundation for their business. They can't just, you know, freestyle and start, you know, trying to make money, like have some type of structure. You know, like I come from the personal training world. Right. And I was a former personal trainer for years. So I'm big about structure and plans and having everything, um, you know, tight and together. And um, that's what I would suggest for somebody starting out is, you know, have a plan together, but don't like procrastinate and try to over perfect your plan right like at some point you got to press go and you got to adapt and you got to learn quickly um you know that's always a part of the game but, but i would say um you know structure and, and discipline and having a plan and, and direction um would be i think the the most important thing starting out so what are the the key things that they need to be doing on the digital so if i'm in construction let's say and i'm a tradesperson right off the bat first one linkedin right mm -hmm. second would be what facebook uh, in construction, yeah, just because I favor Facebook groups. Okay. Um, and, and that's where I, I would say spend some of your time in like Facebook groups because you can, you can figure out, like you can find specific groups that you can find your, your clientele base, like your demographic people. In so Spencer, you know? how do we avoid the, because I know about the Facebook groups, right? It can mm -hmm. get volatile. You know what I mean? Like right. if you say, especially in today's cancel culture world, right? Like you just say one thing incorrectly, 
you'll just get mobbed, right? So how do we navigate ourselves through that? Because I agree with you that you'll get more value with the Facebook group than you will actually just setting up a Facebook page on your own. You're already going to start to create a spider web of attention and possibly start drawing. That's you door knocking in a digital landscape, yeah. right? But you also have to be conscious of how you express certain things. Or I guess if people start talking politically, they start talking religiously, they start talking anything, uh, maybe stay away from all that kind of crap. Yeah, and you can censor that too. And like, so a lot of groups, like you're going to uh, Facebook groups and you'll see that they have community guidelines. And so you could set that up in your own personal community guidelines. Like if you were the one to make the group yourself, right, attra and attract people to that group, you can set the guidelines of what can be talked about and what can't be talked about. I've gone into groups sometimes like, you know, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I have a company in the, in the cannabis space. So I've taken, you know, some cannabis uh, valuable educational information. I put it in a, a group for health and fitness, okay. right? It, it applies, but this group, this specific group doesn't want to hear about that. They just want to focus on specific things with health and fitness. Um, so it, it's, it's kind of like that. So you can set your own guidelines. Okay. So then other than those two, what other platforms are you going to be tackling to try to get your exposure on the digital landscape? <clears throat> So I guess my top four would be LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and then I really favor YouTube if okay. you have the capacity to create uh, video content. Now there's um, that, that, that I, I need to set up something like this, or I just grab my iPhone and start shooting, right? Yeah, just start with making content. That's all. Put your, yeah, put your word out there. Start with making content, get it out there, and then you can learn and figure out what you need to adjust on the way. Like if you sit there and plan for years of like, oh, I got to get this, I got to get, just put your stuff out there and get it going and, and teach people what you want to teach people, right? Um, I, I love coming from an educational, like valuable standpoint. You know, uh, position yourself as a thought leader. I think that is, is super valuable. And I, you don't have to wait to get a studio to do that. One thing that I did in the beginning, because I mean, I grew a healthy social media presence and then I grew the podcast and now it's got a healthy following as well, too. The one thing that I, I never did was check out my competition. I was not interested in finding out what they were doing or how they were doing it. I didn't care what they were doing. I just, I sat down with myself or I would talk to other people that I work with and I would just kind of plant a seed and I would drop an idea and I'd be like, what do you think of that? And try to get some nuggets from it. And then I'd be like, let me try that. Cause I'm sure you've done this through your own experience. You try sure. something, you think it's perfect and it drops, it just fails. It doesn't do anything. It gets maybe one or two people paying attention to it. Then you do something with no effort at all, nothing at all, like nothing. And you put it out there and it explodes. So you just mm -hmm. don't know what will hit, what will miss. And then you gotta get, I guess, capitalize on, on the hits and just ignore the misses. But I think it's really important is don't be so fixated on what others are doing. Just focus on who you are. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. Like, look, I always like to, examine my potential competitors to, to a certain point. Just, if I can grab like, you know, little valuable nuggets or like at least have something to measure up against, like, yeah, that, that that's cool. But a lot of times that like puts like a mental block with, yeah. you know, your creativity and, yeah. and who you are, right? Like you, you almost start trying to model yourself after some other company or some other person and it distracts you from just being you. And a lot of times just being you is, is what you need to be successful. You hear that all the time with people like I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast the other day and he was talking about it. He's like, I don't listen to the noise. 
Like, I don't read the reviews. Like, I don't even, I just do what I love. He'll go insane if he did. You know what I mean? He can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's just time consuming. (laughs) No, I agree with you. And it's just like, and I told people over and over, there isn't another one of you. So it's no different than you being on a job site and you're talking to a client or you're talking to a tradesperson or you're talking to a supplier. It's your personality talking to that person. It's your character talking to that person. All we're asking you to do now is make a digital version of that. And just literally mm-hmm. sit down and write down, okay, who exactly am I? What exactly do I like? What do I want to do? What message do I want to send out? That's what you're trying to do. But I guess a lot of people have a hard time, but you shouldn't really. I mean, like I'm 50 years old, so I'm like, I don't give a shit about what I look like on camera. I give a shit a little bit, but not a whole lot. I mean, the thing yeah. is, it's more about the information. That's what I care about yeah. more, right? So it's like, get it out there. Just get it out there and just like, Get the vanity and the ego out of the way and just focus on getting the messages out there to your potential clients, potential people that you want to work with. That's the same mm-hmm. mindset that you're working with too, Spencer? Yeah, for sure. And I see a lot of people, you know, they'll procrastinate because they're like, they're trying to over perfect things. Um, just start putting stuff out and evolve, you know, like th- almost throw yourself to the, I've always been in my best. I've always done my best when I've thrown myself to the wolves and then like figured shit out along the way. That's when like I really thrive because I have confidence in myself to be able to do that, right? Are, you know, and that's like, I would always suggest people to go that route rather than trying to like over prepare and perfect everything before it. Like you're going to prepare for things that you don't even know are going to happen in the future. Just do your thing. Are they over procrastinating because I guess peripherally they've been paying attention to what the competition, so to speak, is doing? And so that could be that could be a part of part it. That of could it, be right? a yeah. variable in like the mental block. But I, I think it's a lot of times people are, are fair, uh, afraid of failure. Right. And people are afraid of getting criticized and people are afraid of like, uh, you know, mistakes. And that's no matter how, every successful person has had mistakes. They've had failures. You know, you're, it's inevitable. You're going to go through them. So it, it makes no sense to just like try to over prepare for all of those things. Just you know, go through it. Just press go. Just go. And then when it does fail, just keep on going. Try something else and just yeah, keep find on. a solution. You learn. You, know, you learn from have, that one. Yeah. Have faith in yourself to be a problem solver. Right. Figure out solutions and, and, and keep it going. Keep the train moving. So a A13 is fairly new. Just before we started recording, you were saying like you just got started it. So mm-hmm. how do you help us get those leads or how do you help us get that those connections? Yeah. So what I do. So Technically, I've been up and running with this strategy and perfecting it for the last year and a half. But yeah, I, I officially started my business uh, back in August and, um, you know, kind of took it from a side hustle and saw an opportunity made in an actual business. What I do is, let's say you were to sign up with me and, and be one of my clients, right? I would take your login information for your LinkedIn. I'd uh update your profile if it needs to be updated, you know, and, and these are things that I go through with my clients, right? Like I'm never going to do anything without your consent and without you giving me the thumbs up. Right. Yeah. So, um, and essentially what I do is I network with hundreds of people each month through your profile, right? Like, and I do it in somewhat of an automated fashion to where the icebreaker is automated. You know, you'll connect with people, you'll have, uh, you know, uh, your profile, liking their, their, their uh, posts, endorsing their skills, kind of, and, and sending it like a little networking nudge, like, Hey, you know, this is who I am. It's very nice to meet you. You know, whatever the message is, right. It's just a friendly networking nudge. And then from there, more often than not, that networking nudge opens up an opportunity for, you know, them connecting with you and then a conversation. 
So what I do is I curate lists of hyper-targeted people, right? So let's say in terms of general contractors, right? You know, I know that there's specific people that can feed business to those general contractors, you know, two of them being real estate investors and uh, uh, property managers. Right. So what I would do for a general contractor is I would take their uh, their login information, you know, make their uh, LinkedIn profile look good, um, make them a company profile if they didn't have one, like a company page. Right. So you have your personal profile then your company page. Right. And then I would curate a list of all uh, real estate investors, all property managers in their area or, you know, U.S. wide if, if they wanted. But you can geo target on LinkedIn, right? I can geo target. I can go down to a five mile radius. Of really? Their zip code. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so I'll do that. And then it's just about whoever's on the platform using the platform. And then it's a numbers game. Right. So I'm going to connect with like I'll build lists of thousands, you know, we'll connect with hundreds. And then like a few diamonds will fall through each month, you know, and it's it's different from person to person. Right. But all you need is that, you know, one connection a month. Right. So let's say in terms of a general contractor. Right. You know, we get connected with one good real estate investor that they have that relationship now for as long as they want that relationship. You know, that one real estate investor can keep feeding you business for however long and right there like the roi makes sense because i know what a lot of general contractors you know can bring in you know money wise and i know what my services cost so the roi is a no-brainer so spencer you're not and i mean i've read my fair share of business books and i've learned quite a bit and and some of my favorites are success principles by jack canfield and things like that so it's like you're never selling yourself right from the get-go you're just starting the process of selling yourself. So how many times, so you're you're setting up your profile a certain way to make yourself look, I guess, approachable. And then Mm -hmm. I guess what types of conversations are you kind of sparking in these just short, brief messages to get out there that you won't come across? Listen, I've been bombarded with so many messages on LinkedIn, a lot of them from Asia, asking me to do this and that and be a part of this and try this product and that product. I get it. And I just, I mean, it's too long of a sales pitch. It's too much to ask of me. Like, what do you do that's a little different that gets you right to the point that someone's going to want to keep your contact? One, like anytime I get a long like paragraph of a message, I'm not reading it. It's done. Gone. Yeah. So that's done because people's attention spans like nowadays, it's it's like this and you got to think like that. Right. So I come with a very short networking nudge like, hey, so and so, uh, you know, my name is, uh, you know, Spencer. Uh, you know, I do this, I focus on this. It's very nice to meet you. Boom. Like three, four sentences tops. Right. And I, I don't try to sell anything right off the bat. No call like, to action, no website. No, no. I just want to, I want to reach out and introduce myself. Okay. You know, and that's more, you know, people are more receptive to that than you trying to sell them without even like introducing yourself. Like, no, I don't want to buy your product. No, I don't want to buy your services. Like, I don't even know you yet. Yeah. You know, like now, nowadays, like it's, it was different, um, you know, years ago with, with how sales worked and how psychology worked. Now, you know, us living in a digital world, it's like, people are like, I know when I am about to make a purchase, like I'll go look at every little option that I can, right? Like all the competitors, I'll read all the reviews, you know, like it, it I'm takes the same so way, many, man. Yeah, I'm the yeah same it way. takes so many more touch points nowadays than it did before. I don't know if you've ever read uh, the Malcolm Gladwell book, uh, The Tipping Point. Yep. We talked about, yeah, you have to have like five, six, seven, you know, touch points to be able to, you know, so I think in that same sense, but now it's even more. 
yes. right? Like where I'll have these five, six, seven touch points within LinkedIn, but now it's like a little bit of a relationship building thing, like down the road, you know, it, I might meet this person in January, but not sell them until like May. Right. But you got to keep that, keep that going. Is it true, I mean? Spencer? It's kind of like, I tell you, maybe you should go buy a red Mercedes. Tomorrow, mm -hmm. you're going to constantly see a red Mercedes everywhere you drive. It's just in your head. Is it kind of like that when you're on a digital platform? You kind of plant a little nugget and you kind of get them thinking. Because I, I guess, like you said, our attention spans are so f f finite that they could see a nice little, I'm, I'm so-and-so. He seems like a nice guy, whatever. This is a nice company. I might actually need their services one day. But then as soon as they go to another website, they forgot about you. So how right. do we keep on keep like keep that retention? How do we keep that retention yeah. going? So it's it's not easy. It is really not easy. So much noise, right? That's why on a digital. Yeah, there, there's so much noise. Like you know, people are getting ads like left and right. So it's it's information overload. So in order to stay front of mind, right? And this is how I work it in terms of like my services and what I do with people's LinkedIn profiles is you know I'll I'll connect with that person via their profile, right? Send a little message, connection request gets set, uh, accepted. I'll have their profile like a couple of their posts over time, not all at once, right? You know, three days later, five days later, three days later type of deal. I invite them to follow the company page, right? Hopefully they follow the company page. We have our clients post on their company page some valuable information. And then, right, hopefully they see that, but then I'll have them share that post from their company page to their personal page right yeah. so now we're talking about five six seven and multiple touch points then anytime i get connected with somebody on linkedin you have opportunity to scrape all their data right so their email email their phone uh and like their location and just certain you know pieces of information i put that all in the spreadsheets and now you have an opportunity to do email marketing right so like but with email marketing it's a little tricky because you want to have uh, email subscribers that opt in. You don't want to just grab 20,000 emails and just spam everybody. You're just throwing you, shit to the wind at that point. Yeah, because yeah. you, you'll get, like, if you have a ton of people unsubscribe or, um, you know, put you, like, spam your email, like, the algorithm is going to know that, hey, this email, they're you know, they're spamming people. So you want to do the email uh, marketing a little bit more, um, you know, strategical, but there's that opportunity. So I got, a, I got an interesting story that I want to share. Um, I've been trying to get a hold of a certain executive. Pretty big player, like a pretty big player. And I, and I reached out and I did the kind of simple things trying to get and, and nothing, 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 right? And I'm like, okay, all right, fine. So nothing, nothing. Then all of a sudden, I created a little video, like something creative, artistic. Sent it. It got opened up right away. Right. But now I'm still trying to get back and see if I can have a conversation about that. But it was just an interesting experiment that I was trying. This this person's a huge person in this industry. Right. And and mm -hmm. it just for me to send a bunch of feelers at first and nothing, nothing. And then all of a sudden I, I came up with something creative and they opened it. And I know that yeah. they opened it. Right. I was like, OK, so there's some interest there now. And the video kind of sparked that interest. So there's mm -hmm. huge value in doing that. So I think a lot of people have to think really outside the box to figure yeah. out how you're going to make that connection. Yeah. And I use that. Um, like I offer that as a suggestion uh, for people when we're thinking about like, Hey, how do we approach 
the initial introduction message and then how do we approach the follow-up messages and i like the video approach especially like if you have because in that video like you can smile right yes. like you can show your personality right you can put yourself behind that and i think once people see that it's uh, you're now you're more approachable versus you being just this black screen behind you know a keyboard type, type of deal right um that's why like anytime like like sales and like you know my clients that um that i work with i'm like hey we need to get these people on a call or on a zoom as quickly as possible um so that way they can see you they can see your mannerism you know you can it, it will help you speed up that relationship building um you know goal of yours 100 so spencer we got these segments during the show and uh, this, the first one is uh, history. So it's funny that we're talking a lot about LinkedIn because we got a little history information about LinkedIn. I don't know how much you know about it. I didn't even know that much. Angelina is the one that came up with these ones, which are great. So uh, Reed Hoffman founded LinkedIn in 2002 uh, with a team of people who he worked with on, uh, on PayPal and also socialnet.com. Uh, that's where it all started. And uh, LinkedIn launched officially in 2003, but it didn't perform well. You can only imagine. And then LinkedIn's features originally drew in small businesses who accounted for most of its growth in 2004. LinkedIn only started generating re revenue in 2005 with the launch of two business lines, jobs and subscriptions. That's when it started to make some coin. And then uh, public profiles, the feature that LinkedIn is most known for today, didn't exist until 2006. It was this feature three years after the website launch that finally made LinkedIn profitable. After Reid Hoffman stepped down as CEO, LinkedIn went into global, opening offices in London and Sp launching Spanish and French versions. It only grew from there. The longest running CEO, Jeff Weiner, taking leadership in 2009, acquiring Mspoke in 2010 and becoming a publicly traded company in 2011. Now LinkedIn has over 850 million members, including us. Right. Yeah. In over 58 million registered companies, most of which are being in the U.S., followed by India, Brazil, and then China. That's nice. LinkedIn, man. That's why I've been telling everybody in construction, LinkedIn is seriously valuable, man, for finding clients, finding new avenues of work, opportunities, yeah. ideas, places to share where you want to expand and try something new, uh, all kinds of stuff like that. Let, let me ask you two questions. Or a question. Can you find, can you go in and search who exactly is a general contractor on Instagram? Uh, you can do a search, but it's generalized. So you can, right. yeah. So they, they give you a blanket and they do that purposely, right? And also Instagram is very difficult on geotargeting too, right? right. So that's, that's why it doesn't, but the, the algorithm, so if you start paying attention to your local GCs that are in your area, they mm -hmm. will constantly pop up over and over. But all yeah. you're doing is just reaffirming the same circle that you're already in. You're not expanding right. that circle. LinkedIn right. allows you to expand that circle, right? And that's exactly what I was going to get into. Like on LinkedIn, I can specifically search for people within a company uh, you know, people with a specific job title, people within a specific industry, in a specific location, you know, that have been active on the on the platform for a certain amount of time, right, you know, posted in the last 30 days. There's so many features that allow you to, you know, network like a pro. And that's our, uh, 
That's our slogan for our company is network like a pro. Okay. You know, like if, if you know how to use this platform uh, efficiently, you can go on there and make some moves. Like you can meet some people, you can build some relationships and you can really build your business up through this platform. And I, I, I know that from experience. Like I've built my, my business up on Instagram before. It's not the same, right? Like our, the algorithm's always changing. You, you didn't always- build your network though. You didn't your you didn't build your business network. I mean, right from Instagram. Right. I know that a lot of people here in Toronto, a lot of contractors have said and tradespeople have said that they've gotten work. They get a lot of work because clients are actually surfing Instagram. They're on TikTok and they're getting a, probably a job here or there too. But I think if you're a contractor and you want to start building homes, I don't think you're going to find your next potential client on Instagram or TikTok to build their home. On LinkedIn, right. though, you're probably going to find them. Yeah, and it's it's like it's so valuable for B two B relationship building. You know, like who who within the industry do you need to get in contact with to help you move your business along, like move that needle, right? Like it could be a strategic partner, right? It could be somebody that you're looking to outsource, right? It it could be whoever the hell you want it to be, but LinkedIn is going to give you the tools that you need to move your business along. You know, like I said before, Facebook and Instagram, it's a little more like casting kind of a wide net, so to speak, to where you're just hitting the masses and it's more it's better from for just exposure and eyes on your business, but not the right eyes, if that makes sense. No, it totally does. And then I want to ask you, Spencer, does it make sense um, if you're a contractor, start looking at more partnership relationships? Yeah. Not necessarily just getting in there and just trying to be the lone person and get the, the lead yourself. Try to network with somebody else that you know may potentially be around that pool that you want to get to, right? Well, it, it brings me back to, so like what I do with the orthopedic group, right? I connect the, the surgeon's profiles, right? So I'm, I'm acting on behalf of the surgeon. I connect them with nurses and you know primary care physicians those aren't the patients no but those are going to be the people that are are feeding the patients over to the orthopedic surgeons so it's the same thing you can build up referral partners you know strategic partnerships through this professional platform um and i don't know any other way to do that this efficiently so would you partner up so if we've got some toronto contractors here and let's say for argument's sake a group of them are in the east end and then you want to partner up with contractors from the West end. Is that the idea? So you're kind of getting networking going that way and then somehow start bringing in real estate agents in there, start bringing in decorators in there, start bringing in investors in there, that kind of idea. Yeah, you could. I always, I mean, so there's a, you know, a bunch of different ways you can, uh, how do they say skin a cat? Yeah. Yeah. So you can, you can do it a, a bunch of different ways, but you know, where I focus on first is bringing people uh, in in money, right? Like people want to generate money, people want to uh, generate business. So that's where I start off, um, you know, with with my specific clients, you know, especially general contractors, like, so that's why I'm so big on targeting the real estate investors, and you know, the property managers, people that can pass them off jobs quicker, right? Because I want I want my people, you know, seeing results in the first month, you know, I don't want them to wait months to see results and then, you know, everything kind of gets stale. I don't want that. You know, we bust our ass to help bring in business, help build the business up because that's that's what we believe in. Was it easier for you, Spencer, to to trial and error this in your own local backyard kind of thing? Or was it? I, I had to. I had right, to. But you tried it out right there or then just to figure it out, yeah. right? I, I had to. Yeah, I did this. Like, so I, I started doing it in, in the middle of COVID, um, you know building up my uh my hemp company 
and, um, you know, just connecting with, um, you know, alternative uh, medicine docs and, and, you know, people that would, you know, be receptive to that type of, um, you know, uh, those types of supplements and, and medications and stuff like that. So I started, tr- you know, doing a little test run there, you know, and that evolved into me, you know, playing around with, you know, some friends and, and family running campaigns for them. And then I just got a grip, you know, a grip on it. You know, I, I under I understood what I could use, you know, how I and, and then it, you, you got to take that personal uh, part of it too, that that sales experience where, you know, you build relationships, you got to figure out how to be a wordsmith, how to ask the right questions, you know, h- how to have a conversation to where, you know, you can get valuable information, then you can give valuable information. So the fine art of communication where it's slowly dying on a digital platform like this is kind of a a double edge right now because we're telling everybody you got to get on this digital platform you got to start treating it this way you got to cast a wider net you got to pinpoint you got to geotar you got to do all this other shit and by the way you can't forget how to talk to a human being right right which is slowly disappearing right i know 100 and that's exactly why you know our company our service uh is different from the rest because Right. We bring automation and we bring the masses to a a certain point. Right. And that's only in the icebreaker. Right. Just to connect with these people. But then there's that human interaction, that the real human conversation that is is so much more valuable than a robot just responding. People can sniff that shit out, man. Yeah. Like you're going to know when a, a robot's talking to you. So that's where we're unique, where we actually have you know, real conversations with these, with these people. So that way, you know, they know it's us. So with a one, three leads, you guys will get everything started on the front. And then Mm -hmm. once it gets to an actual, okay, we want to sit down now and talk to this person, either zoom call or in person or whatever you hand that over to us. And we take over from that point. And now here's the human interaction part of it. Right. Yep. And, and I'm not going to be able to like anybody's business. Like, you know, I consider myself good in sales, right? But I'm never going to be able to talk about your business and about your passion and your project as good as you will, right? So like what I do is, and what we do is, you know, we'll be the icebreaker. We'll connect you with all these people. We'll build it up to a point to where they're ready to book a call, a meeting, you know, a Zoom call, whatever the hell it may be. You provide us with the Calendly link, or we coordinate some something that, you know, of the sense. So we don't have to do a lot of back and forth. You know, I don't want to be like, hey, Manny, what time are you available? Like, I don't want to do that. Give me yeah. a Calendly link so these people can book and it's easy. That's why you, that's how you build like an, an efficient stream, um, you know, and funnel with this whole thing. So, yeah, like we'll tee everything up all the way into the phone call. So I want to ask you, Spencer, this is great for the starting point. We're just getting started. We already know how to plant our seeds and plant our business. Now we're rolling, we're into our first year, and now it's gotten stagnant. And all of a sudden, I want to, like, we've got work, it's great, but I need to see growth now. Do I come back and start talking to you and we start coming up with different ideas or how to start the conversation with a bigger circle? Is that what happens? Yeah, so I always, uh, you know, try to exhaust all efforts on, you know, seeing where the revenue streams uh, can be created right? Like, where are they? Like, where are you primarily generating your revenue right now? Where else can you uh, generate revenue? And then, you know, like, what are the low hanging fruit? Let's attack that first. And then let's, let's build from there. So I always like, you know, anytime I I bring on a client, I like to have, uh, you know, weekly 30 minute uh, brainstorming sessions with them. So we can kind of evolve this whole strategy. Like I want to, I want to see how everything's going. I want to see where we can fine tune. I want to, you know, keep keep them involved the entire way. So that way we're like, this is a a constant evolution. I want to ask you, Spencer, um, 
are tradespeople, people in construction, or even I guess it's closely associated with real estate people as well, uh, interior designers and things like that. Are we missing opportunities? Because I'll give you an example, and I'm sure you know about this, right? I, I'm, I'm not a fan of EVs, but I'm, I'm respectful of, of Elon Musk, right? And I was blown away what he pulled off with his tequila, right? Like, I mean, here's a car company coming along and all of a sudden he comes up with a tequila and he's already pre-sold, everything is gone. And now the empty bottles are being sold for crazy money on eBay and all this other crap. Are there opportunities that people are missing in their business? Even though that you make widgets and you build one thing, are you missing opportunities by not thinking outside the box and coming up with different ideas that can be associated with your brand? Yes, I think so. I, I mean, it's it's different per person per company um you know like for instance my you know my brand hero we sell cbd delta 8 products you know we're going to be in the cannabis space soon but you know i know very well that like with this shirt right here it says plants over pills, pills. yeah and that's our motto and i know that resonates with a lot of people i've gotten a lot of compliments on this shirt but this is a shirt i've yet to you know sell and push but I know I can generate revenue off of that. Um, you know, so that, that's an example right there. You, you know, yes, like I, I do think that it's just, you know, I guess it all comes down to personal preference and bandwidth, right? Like yeah. I know that I got my, my mind focused on so many, you know, different things. I don't know if I have the bandwidth to start messing with shirts now because it now it takes me from like, you know, I'm, I'm manufacturing these products and, you know, setting this whole side of the business up. But now, now I'm dealing with clothing. You know, and it's a totally different process. So I think it just, it depends on the situation, depending on the person. Okay. Because I'm just trying to think of if there's opportunities for real estate agents and other tradespeople, what would they think about? I mean, shirts are cool. If you can come up with a cool design shirt, hard hat, hammer, whatever, all kinds of stuff, you can start making some, but you're right though. Is it going to take your attention, your focus away from your primary business, right? Yeah. And is it going to generate enough, you know, revenue for it to be worth it, right? Is the juice worth the squeeze type type of deal? You know, like maybe if you were, you were in, you know, construction, your general contractor, maybe you, you develop or invented some type of tool that can help you, you know, do some specific job, you know, better or, you know, more improved or something like that. You know, that might be a kind of keep it within like the, what you're doing already. Right. So yeah. it's easily manageable because it's, it's in the same, you know, boundaries. That so, makes sense. No, it totally does. So down, down in Florida, I know that, you know, all over the world, we're quickly learning through the show and everything like that there's there's such a disconnect in communication with construction like a lot of people don't know how to communicate who they are who their business is what service they provide and shit like that i'm assuming it's probably the same thing in florida as well too like it's hard to actually communicate with people to get work done kind of thing yeah i mean what i've noticed um it's been like that just you know living vicariously through you know my clients and then you know my friend i have a ton of friends in the in the real estate space um, and communication is key. Like you got to be able to, you know, communicate who you are, what you can do, what you're not capable of and don't bullshit, you know, like, cause that's just going to create bad blood. You know, I've seen a lot of people get fucked over for, for the stupidest things. It's just be transparent, man. Like, you know, do good business. Are they be, like, they're bullshitting for the, the, just to seem a little bigger than they really are kind of thing. I'm better than the competition kind of thing. Yeah. And to keep the business, right. They, they don't want to lose jobs. Like I've seen general contractors, you know, promise this, promise that, you know, oh, I can do this. I can handle that. But, you know, they're outsourcing, you know, terrible people to do their job. And they're, you know, the product that they're putting out there is is just it's it's off from what they've you know promised and what they portrayed, you know, up front. So how does a person juggle more than one? So we get that one lead. You take us from the very beginning of it. Then now it's all of a sudden 
we're going to go and quote the job. Now we're going to sit down. Client likes us. And all of a sudden we start doing the work. They have a friend and they have a friend. And all of a sudden lead after lead comes in. And now you're taking care of that initial setup. And now they keep on going. At some point it's going to get overwhelming to the contractor, the tradespeople. How do we prepare ourselves for that? Well, one, we can um, press, you know, stop at any time. Okay. So like if we, if we needed to, to pause, you know, for a brief period to kind of gather everything, like, you know, we, we could pivot and start putting our, our focus on another area, right? Whether that be email marketing, social media development. I mean, that that's between, you know, uh, our company and the client on, on what they want to do. Um, so that's always an option. Um, but as far as like, if you want to just keep those leads coming in and you don't want to lose those opportunities, all right, cool. Now, how do we scale, right? Like, how do you continue to bring in business? How do you put people in place to do the things that you need, you know, that need to get done? And so that way you can continue to build, uh, you know, bring business in and, and, and build and grow. I guess um, that was that was my question, Spencer, too, is that how do we communicate? Slow the fuck down. I'll get to your job. Trust me, I'm the guy for you. How do I yeah. communicate that professionally to them, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it just depends on like the urgency on on the other end, right? Like how quickly do they they want things done? Like if, if you know. Well, we live in a digital age. Everybody wants everything done. And it's not possible, right? So it's like yeah. you got to wait and then hopefully they wait for you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the good faith, uh, you know, thing to do in that situation be like look you know I, I i can definitely do an amazing job for you you know however if you cannot wait for me i have somebody great that i can put you in touch with and that's when you build a strategic partnership right there you know um that that's a possible uh route to go with it you know but i i understand how it is to kind of give up business i used to do it in the training world right i was so booked up and like i can't train anymore however i know some great trainers that i could pass you off to um that i know you do well with you know, it's, you know, that sometimes um, is a good way to approach it. But you know. I think I think it's a great way to approach it because I've always told everybody that's been, been in this business, look at it more as a community instead of competition. And right. so if you can't do like these days, since I'm busy with this podcast, I get still calls for work, but I hand it off to people that I know, whether they've done work right. for me or people that have been on the show and I respect them. And but I'll tell the potential client. Listen, I've worked with this person. I vouch for them 100%. I haven't worked with this person, but from what I gather speaking with them and they've been on the show, they seem like legitimate and they, they should carry out what you need to get done. But please vet them. Speak to them. You make your own decision yeah. on that point, right? And that's exactly what I would do too um, because I've, I've vouched for people that I wasn't 100% sure on and that has burned me and burned relationships in the past. And you learn that early on, right? Once it happens a couple times, you're like, I'm not doing that. You don't again. want to deal with the headache of that. That's why I'm so honest right. with that, right? Up front, I yeah. just, listen, I have not hired this person. So you have yeah. to decide whether or not. I'm just like, here's a name. Everyone's always looking for names, right? And then also yeah. in today's day, because it's really busy down there, I bet. And even through COVID, because Construction's just been ballistic. Everybody's just taking as much work as they possibly can and then get his work. But then they're they're booking so many months, if not a year into down the line, right? So people won't wait for you at that point. Or they'll right. possibly wait for you, but they well, we don't know what happens. Maybe they're talking to their circle of friends on LinkedIn or on Instagram or Facebook and they're like, Well, I know somebody else, right? So yeah. And that's where the risk is. I wanna if if you can divulge um, I mean, what's the cost associated with this service here? 
Yeah, so my costs start um, at $600 and it's all month to month because I want people to see the value. I don't want to lock anybody into a contract um, that they're uncomfortable with. So it's month to month. I start at $600. That package uh, will give you all of the LinkedIn uh, lead generation services, but it won't cover the follow-ups, right? So that's for somebody that wants to do the follow-ups and all of the messaging themselves. If, if you feel comfortable, you feel uh, you know confident in doing that and being able to book appointments, go ahead, handle it. Um, then we go up to the $800 package and that's where we come in, we handle the follow-ups, uh, we do all the, the responding to the, to the leads coming uh, through and then we tee up those appointments, those Zoom calls, those meetings for you. And then um, we have a package that's uh, 1200 a month and that's where um, you know we do all of that plus uh, further marketing strategies. So uh, like I told you before, I'm the director of marketing for an orthopedic group. I have a wide range of, of, of skill sets, you know, SEO, uh, social media, uh, content, um, you know, curation, you know, you name it, I've done it. Um, and I've learned it kind of the grassroots way where I've had to just kind of self-taught myself. First. YouTube, YouTube univer university type of deal. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's how our packages are, are structured currently. So I, that's good to know. So, I mean, how do we deal with, and there's a lot of them out there, as you probably know, it's just like you're mm -hmm. basically buying bots or you're buying bullshit traction, right? Mm -hmm. And there is a difference nowadays and we know the difference, right? We can see it. So if you start seeing spikes on certain things, great. But if you're not seeing spikes across your whole platform, then you know that something's been targeted. You know something, there's a flag on the plate, basically. It's a red flag at that point. How do we mm -hmm. prepare ourselves to avoid all that stuff? Like none of the, everybody wants to take the risk and, and, and want to try new ideas and go out there, but all of a sudden spending anywhere from 600 to 1200 a month, you want to make sure that you're getting results that are going to last a long time. Yeah, for sure. So what I can say is like, I mean, most people I feel like nowadays have tried to buy followers and, and stuff like that via, you know, Instagram or whatever, and it never works. And a lot of times when you're buying those followers, it's like a lot of fake spammy accounts. The one thing I can say about LinkedIn is that one, it does allow, uh, you know, mild automation. So you have a little bit more to work with. And two, you can't create fake accounts. Anytime you create an account on LinkedIn, I want to say 95% of the time they ask you to verify. So you'll submit like your license or something like that. So they want to verify that you're a real person. So the community on LinkedIn should be most of like more often than not real people. So anytime we connect with somebody with your profile, you know, to their profile, it's going to be a real person, you know, and they're, they're going to be doing what they say they do on the profile. Yeah. It's ironic that you never see anybody who's selling services to expand your reach for a LinkedIn page. It's always yeah. for an Instagram or YouTube yeah. or TikTok. I don't Facebook, right. I guess. No, I don't even know if they do Facebook. Maybe they do Facebook. I'm not sure. Yeah, you can't you can't really. I mean, like there's there's growth agencies out there and they have like their systems, but you can't use any automation on on Instagram or, or, or Facebook nowadays because they'll flag you, they'll ban you. Um, and same thing with LinkedIn, too. Like they will. But there's a safe zone that you float in. Right. Like you can only do a certain amount of actions um, a month. You can't overdo it. So like I always, you know, with with what we do, I stay in between like a safe zone um, and and that, you know, keeps all profiles in good standing and makes it look organic and, and real. So, Spencer, I want to ask you, um, I mean, there's a potential recession happening next year, right? Like everyone's mm -hmm. just chattering about it. We don't know wars going on. Political power powers are just abusing money. All kinds of there's like all kinds of crap 
we're just waiting for a spaceship to show up. That's all we're waiting for, right? It's like all kinds of dramas going on. It's coming. It's coming, right? So it's just everybody that has their own business, they're self-employed, they they work to the bone, like 600 bucks or even 1200 bucks. I mean, that's a lot of money to them, so they start looking at it, but they know that they have to get into this space. Are we still doing the mindset where it's like you got to get in. You just got to take this chance. You got to build this network out there because th that network might get you through those rainy days that are coming. You know what I mean? Is that the case? Or is there another way to do it where we slowly and softly get in there? Or is there not? Which way is it? Yeah, I think like you always got to um, you always got to make that investment. Like you got to invest your time. You got to invest your money. You got to invest your energy um, to, you know, networking. You know, that that's how I see it. I'm like, you got to network as much as possible because you don't know who in your network is going to be able to help you at which time. Like I've had people come into my life that I didn't think were going to be anything and ended up helping me through some of the toughest times in, in my life. You know what I mean? So it's it's, this, it's the same, you know, thing applies here. You know, if you're constantly networking, if you're constantly putting, you know, your face out there, shaking hands, smiling, you know, you can only better yourself and, and better prepare yourself for what may come. Nice. I got I got more questions to ask you, uh, but I want to share a little bit of OBC talk, which is just a building code here. It, it trust me, it's going to go right over your head because it's going to go over my head. It always goes over my head, man. So <laughs> I just pretend that I know it. Um, exit emergency lighting. Every exit corridor to an exit must be illuminated to an average level of 50 lumens at floor level. Uh, the minimum illumination must not be less than 10 times. Is it times or lumens? 10 times? Times okay, lumens. Sorry, emergency lighting must be provided at exits, principal uh, routes, principal routes to exits, underground walkways, and must be powered by an electrical supply separate from the building's electrical supply. Emergency lighting must be illuminated to an average of ten lumens at floor level. The minimum illumination must not be less than one lumen. I have no idea what any of this means, man, but. I'll ask an electrician. <laughs> uh, Spencer, so um, I want to ask you, when we finally get that digital handshake, we finally mm -hmm. get in there. So now we, we don't want to mess it up. We never want to mess leads, right? Like it's extremely important that you don't want to drop the ball. What are some of the things that we should be doing when we finally meet our lead and we're ready to sell? And what are the things that we should not do? All right. So um, easy question strike while the iron's hot right so i have a lot of clients and this is why i brought on like the appointment setting package to my whole offering because at first it was just like hey i'm going to set these systems up for you you're going to handle it yourself because i don't have the time but i realized a lot of people were just letting shit go right like they all, I had all these leads coming in they're not even responding to these people and if they respond to them it's like a week later who want like you just introduced yourself it's way too yeah, late yeah way too late you got to keep it within a 24 hour window so one thing is is respond right away and be prompt and disciplined to do that every single day cuz that's what it takes to be able to field these leads and field these people coming through on on a daily basis um the flip side of that what you shouldn't do is waste your time when somebody isn't for you right like you have to qualify people you have to vet people out you have to um what's the word you have to figure out whether they're worth it or they're not and there's like you, you'll have like certain qualifying uh questions that you can ask them to figure out like if this person is even somebody that i should be having a call with right um i i've gone down the path where i've exhausted all efforts to try to like 
you know, win somebody over, you know, that person isn't for me. It's not the right time for them. Can you I know, ask I'm, you I'm the next one? Can I ask you, Spencer, if that potential yeah. lead strikes up the conversation or the rebuttal about money, are they right mm -hmm. or wrong? Uh, they're not right or wrong. You okay. know, I think it's, I think it's neutral. No, no, sorry. Are they right or wrong for you? If they, if they're so oh. fixated on the cost mm -hmm. of your service, are they right or wrong for you? Um, they might be wrong at that, at that point in time for me, just because, you know, it, it does every successful company has a marketing budget and they use it wisely. They not every single dollar that they put towards something is going to work and be a home run. Doesn't work like that. But if you can live in like a 70, 30 ratio to where you're going to spend a hundred dollars, at least 70 of those dollars went to somewhere good, beneficial, and $30 maybe, you know, it was a dud, right? It, that's just how it's going to be. But if you can live in that like 70-30 ratio, I think that's that's good. So, so even you know, as a small business, I know that we talk about Nike and certain companies, Apple, and trillions of dollars, and that's their marketing budget. But if you're mm -hmm. a small business, you come from a marketing background, what's the, mm -hmm. what's the small percentage that we should be looking at our profit that comes into our business that we should be allocating strictly for marketing for trying something 70 30 how much you yeah, figure i'd say like uh it, it it depends it depends on where you're at and what the business is and like there's a lot of variables that if you're just that. getting started brand new business yeah if i if i'm gonna give a simple answer i'd say like 20 percent, 20 percent. so 20 percent of your money yeah. generated that you're making you should mm -hmm. allocate towards a marketing budget of some sort and then come up with surefire 70 percent ideas and 30 percent let's just give it a try and see if it works right that kind of yeah, idea and, and and that might be out of the gate you're gonna you know let's say you're bringing in 10 grand a month right just for for easy numbers uh sake you're going to allocate two grand of that towards uh, your marketing budget. And that two grand is going to be spread across, you know, different strategies. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of, especially in the beginning, there's going to be a lot of trial and error, right? Like you're going to go into things and you're gonna be like, I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know if this is going to work, but I need to try it. Right. And then you slowly, but surely weed things out, right. You're going to find something that works and you're going to trust in it. And you're going to, all right, now, you know, maybe that's, you know, I spent, you know, 500 bucks on that. Maybe I double down now, you know, maybe, right. Like you're going to, that's what I do with ads, right? Like if I have thousand dollars, I'm going to put it towards ads. I always put out two different ads, right. And I do a little bit of a, a B testing, you know, ad a might be something that I think is going to kill it. And, you know, ad B is something totally different, but that one hits. So, all right, now I know I'm going to scrap a, I'm going to double down on B and that's where we're going to focus our budget, right? There's a level of testing that you have to, you have to frame it that way in your mind, or you're going to drive yourself crazy and you're going to be very scared to spend money to make money. Now, are you also thinking that it's not working? So then I'm not going to try this again, but you never know. You may have made a connection somewhere that isn't ready to pull the trigger but they will in six months if you're around and still pushing right yeah yeah that's a good point and then a lot of times too like i've, I've seen people that have gotten in uh, gotten into certain marketing strategies but they bail too quickly like you also like anytime i get into something i my rule of thumb personally and i've heard other people say this too but this is just my personal um you know opinion give it three months Give it three months. Like, I feel like that's a solid amount of time to see if something's going to translate into in a business or, or it's not, you know, after three months, if you feel like, you know, this isn't for you, then then on to the next one, try something else. But you have to 
you have to have somewhat of, of a marketing budget if you want to scale. You know, like if you want to grow your business, it's it's just a part of the game. And then you you tell me or not because I haven't even looked into it. But is LinkedIn offering ads now? Can we put ads on LinkedIn? Or oh yeah, you yeah. Can do that. So I do. Uh, I haven't had a crazy success uh, because because I've only tried the ads a couple times um, with the orthopedic group. So when it comes to ad platforms, I put Google at the top, right? Because if you're people are going on Google to search for specific answers. Right. So that's where like, you know, ads I see is number one and then Facebook slash Instagram is, is number two. And then I like YouTube, too, because I feel like people go on YouTube to search for answers as well. Um, it's funny you, you know. say that, Spencer, because I've been seeing a lot of geo targeted local ads on YouTube. And you're like, yeah. going, I don't get it, man. I'm watching this video for, I don't know, some movie trailer or something like that. And I'm seeing local plumber guy in Toronto's ad right there. And I'm wondering how expensive are these ads or are they affordable now? Uh, it depends. Cause like, if you go in, you're going to set your parameters for the ad, right? You're going to be like, Hey, I want to target, you know, this area, you know, this type of person. And, you know, you set your, your parameter on the back end when you're setting up the ad. Um, and then it'll show, depending on what you put for the budget, let's say you put $300 a month, it's going to spread it out to whoever fits within that $300 budget. Um, and it could be just random people. Um, but that's kind of how they do it. Now, I've been taught by other uh, people in marketing. Google is definitely, I agree with you, and they've agreed with you as well, too. It's the number one platform. The real trick is the keywords that you use. Yeah. You have to be specific about the keywords and the way you set up those keywords. Otherwise, yeah. Google will just give you the entire freaking world. You know what I mean? And now you're not really yeah. going to get pinpointed at that point. So that's critical. Those keywords are very, very critical. Yeah, the keywords. And then so I always same thing with SEO too, right? Like, if you want your website to rank on the first page of Google, you know, there's a lot of things that you have to do within your website, you know, keywords that you have to put in there to be able to rank for those specific keywords. And any, anytime I'm searching up keywords, I always look for uh, and they have platforms where you can kind of do this research. Um, but how many people in a given month are searching for that word on Google, right? You know, and then you just you figure out which, you know, words that you want to target and what that potential reach is and then you just kind of go from there so during that three-month period where we trial and error and we give it a go and we try a bunch of things over those three months how do we know that these leads that are coming to us were actually as a cause and effect of that without asking the potential client that we got that hired us right if we don't ask them how did you find us or what was the story of well i saw the google ad and i worked away but if they don't tell us that information how can we find out that information that it actually came from the the marketing money that we spent yeah, great question. I'm going through this, uh, and it can be very challenging. Um, but I'm going through this, uh, you know, with the orthopedic group that I work with, and um, we wanted to understand, you know, for this these TV commercials that we put out there, like how many people were actually, um, you know, clicking on uh, on the the commercial or you know seeing the commercial and then going to our website and stuff like that. So sometimes it can be very, very, very hard to track that, and there's other times where you can prepare for that. So like in terms of a, a YouTube ad, right? Like, you know, you set up that YouTube ad, you have some type of call to action on that YouTube ad, right? Let, you know, it's click the website, right? So now every month, like you can go in your Google analytics, you can see where all your traffic sources are, are coming from, right? You find YouTube and then you see how many people from YouTube clicked on, you know, whatever to go to your website. And that's where you can kind of, you know, frame it in your mind and get a good idea of, you know, how it translated. Now, is it worth it? Because I know that I've been watching a rash of people in the construction industry 
ponying up and going YouTube premium and going Spotify pro and all this other, so to avoid ads and all kinds of stuff. Right. So we're mm-hmm. avoiding ads now. So we're avoiding opportunity to get our messaging out there. But is that segment of the audience of the population growing? I can only assume that it is because we're sick and tired of ads. Yeah. Um, and honestly, that's where like they'll make their money to yeah. like, the, the platforms. Of um, course. You know, it's like, a, what was it? Pandora. You could pay like an extra like five or six dollars a month and you get no commercials after every song or something like that. Um, yeah, I think um, that's growing, but it'll like advertisements will will evolve like they've always evolved. Like the marketing nowadays is totally different than it was five years ago. And it's just going to keep on that like that trend. So there will be other ways to get ads out there. Um, you know, maybe they're being developed right now or maybe they, you know, they will be in a couple of years. But um, that population is growing, but I don't think it will like it won't overtake it. Right. Yeah, it won't overtake it because we'll always find like solutions, always find a way. Um, and then I, I wanted to ask you about, are there other opportunities that we can look at where it's more of those forums, like the marketplaces or the, the actual Facebook groups? I, I can only assume that there's like, they're going to be offering pin boards and all kinds of stuff and opportunities to kind of just plant your business service and seed, right? Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I really like, you know, going into Facebook groups, uh, LinkedIn groups. Um, those are those are some some good places where you can find potential, you know, leads. And, and and then I'm big with with you know business citations. So what a business citation is is like your Google My Business, your uh, Facebook business profile, uh, your Yelp profile, your Better Business Bureau um, profile. Like these these are considered business citations. And when you set up a ton of business citations. Google and like the algorithm will recognize that, oh, this is a real business. This is a real, you know, entity. And it's, it's important because I see it on all these different platforms and there's a ton of free business uh, listings out there that you can set up. And it's basically just like a little profile with your business information, right? Your contact info, who you are, your logo up there. Um, And there's a ton of different services that you could use to, um, you know, set these up. So you just, you set all these up, get them going. Do you have to feed them all the time to keep Google yeah. Nah, right? So once no. it's set up, it's set up, right? Yeah, once it's set up, it's set up. And like, God forbid you change your number or you change uh, like your address or something like that. It's really the certain- URL, right? As long as you're keeping the same URL, which pretty much every business is going to keep that same URL, right? Yeah, but even if you changed it, right? Like, so there's certain services out there where you can like input your information and then you can pay for them to set up, let's say 25 business citations, right? Which would take you hours, yeah, right? Maybe days yeah. to do, you know, you pay a certain amount of money, they do it for you. But let's say like your website changed or your address changed or, you know, your number changed. You can go in there on these, you know, platforms, you can change your information and then just like have them resubmit everything or, or make edits. So I wanted to actually uh, just pick your brain on Rumble. You know what Rumble is, right? Um, Video platform. Educate- Sorry? Well, Rumble. Uh, okay, so Rumble is, uh, Rumble, I guess, made some noise when Joe Rogan had his little bit of a cancel culture there. And mm-hmm. uh, all of a sudden there was uh, the Neil Young bullshit about, you know, get rid of Joe Rogan or get rid of Neil Young. And Neil yeah. Young didn't realize that he was expendable and Rogan wasn't. So then uh, at that point, Rumble came along and they offered uh, Joe Rogan $100 million to join Rumble. Rumble's basically just like YouTube, but the monetization is greater. Uh, there's a lot more freedom 
there's a lot of political stuff on there, but I just I just threw the podcast on Rumble recently. I just I was messing with it on the weekend. I just said fine. I, I and I threw 20 shows on there, and it's just getting started. And that's why I had a lot of the questions about you start at zero. Anybody who gets on the digital platform, you start at zero. I don't give a shit who you are. Everybody starts at zero. So you know Rumble's there, and even before I left the house to come here and start recording the show, it started to get some views. So now this is a an unknown entity on Rumble. And people are going to start to pay attention. But I have this funny feeling that it may actually start to grow quite a bit, you know, maybe close into the same lines as YouTube, right? And then it also mm -hmm. got me thinking about uh, Daily Motion. So then I've, I've started planting the show on Daily Motion as well, too. Just like you said, experimenting, right? That's all I'm doing. I'm just trying to get it out there because I noticed when I started doing the podcast, sure, I threw it on iTunes, I threw it on Spotify, and then I threw it on a hosting the service. Um, and then all of a sudden I threw it onto SoundCloud. And before I knew it, I had 13 channels. Now I have 15 channels. You're doing this because the majority of people are on iTunes, YouTube, and Spotify. Those are the top three. But there are a lot of people that are on those secondary, you know, other platforms that you're out there so they'll find you and that's their search engine and people are using chrome and people are using google and like everybody is just changing right so it makes sense to get your message it's still your message it takes time as a business owner but i guarantee yeah. you that if you start planting yourself on these different platforms you eventually will get a lead you, you must oh, get a lead right 100 percent, yeah and like in terms of like uh you know, let's talk SEO, right? Like yeah. search engine optimization. You know, anytime I'm I'm trying to rank one of my websites or you know boost traffic to one of my websites, I list my site obviously on Google, right? So it get it gets indexed into Google. Ninety five percent of people use Go, uh, Google, but there's also people that use DuckDuckGo. Yeah. There's also people that use Bing, Yahoo, right? So like you want to you want to list your your site with those platforms too because just like you're saying, like there's other people on there, right? You know, you might be on YouTube, you might be on Spotify and, you know, hundreds, thousands of people are watching your show, but you might get tens to a hundred of pe people on, you know, this one smaller platform. And who knows, maybe you blow big on that, uh, on that one platform. I, you know, all said and done, it's worth it. You already have the content. So like Spencer, honestly, you've already mm -hmm. created the content and it's in your phone, it's in your computer. Yeah. post it it takes nothing but yeah. just like the time to upload it and all you're doing is cut and pasting the content that was the copy that was attached to it and then you're getting it on this other platform and you don't know yeah. who else might catch this but i guarantee you a lead will come from it it yeah. has to come oh, from i 100 co-signed yeah yeah no so okay that's great we're getting close to wrapping it up i just got a, a little bit of brief green book talk which is osha down by you guys man uh fines for uh osha regulations are broken into minor fines medium fines major fines any idea what a minor fine how much value you think for individuals or in unincorporated businesses fines uh what kind of price range are you thinking um good question <laughs> well here in canada if you're not wearing a hard hat it's 250 right so it can okay. get as low as 250 and it can go as high as a thousand bucks that's a minor fine right so medium mm -hmm. fines are for individuals uh hundred thousand dollars or less uh which basically involves prosecution start getting authorities involved and all that. that's usually if there's an injury if there's a death that's where it starts going into that major fines would require if there's more than one offense and it starts getting up to 1.5 million then you start getting into penalties from osha you get stop order uh, work orders uh and then you finally end up at imprisonment up to 12 years or 12 months in prison if you're doing something bad in the construction industry man
So, anything else you want to share, Spencer, that we haven't talked about, man? This has been fascinating talking about leads, man, because this is it's a fine art, man. I'm telling you, it's a fine art. Yeah. And as a business owner, you would just do yourself a great service if you actually spent the time to, like you said at the very beginning of the show, just plan it all out, man. Plan it yeah. all out and prepare for it and don't don't procrastinate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no. Totally. Have a have a really good idea, you know, at least try to get it to like 70 to 80% of the way there, right? You're not going to perfect it off the rip. You know, get it 80% of the way there and then feel confident enough to move forward and problem solve. Um, but I would say like most people know how valuable it is to network, but now you got to figure out the right ways to network digitally. And you have to do it in the right ways and I think there is there's an art to that, just like there's an art to sales, you know, there's now an art to you know digitally networking and i think there's uh you know right ways to do it and wrong ways to do it and i feel like that's where our company really you know sets ourselves apart from what you would call competitors is you know that we've, we've kind of figured out some of the right ways to do it and how to do it in a genuine genuine real way um to help build these relationships and i've been ex you know it's exciting for me to see the results that our clients are getting uh, you know, like we have one, um, you know, client in the cannabis space and we helped them uh, land a pretty big deal with uh, a national uh, dispensary. And they wouldn't have, have gotten that relationship had we not run a campaign for them, you know, through this. And that's pretty exciting to see that, you know, just, you know, for the orthopedic group, it's exciting to see, you know, all these relationships that we're building and all these patients that we're able to bring through the door, um, you know, that wouldn't have existed if we weren't doing this. And it's all being done digitally. And, you know, I vouch for LinkedIn. That's where we, you know, have our most success. But, you know, you can do that on Instagram. You know, you just, you know, figure out your ways to do it, but just do it digitally and figure out how to do it the right way without, you know, spamming people. So one of the things, Spencer, that I've been taught, I guess, ever since you start running your own business is keep your mouth shut to certain people. Like not everybody needs to know what is burning inside your head. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like be very specific, pick specific people that you want to address and talk about and focus on doing it get it done and then let the cause and effect after that happens and let everybody else but i find a lot of people especially on social media being attached to social media that whole mindset of instagram it has to be instant so i have to share it i have to fucking talk to so many people no you don't you don't when it comes to your business you want to build your business you have to speak to maybe your significant other maybe one or two other family friends maybe your fucking dog i don't know but like keep it really really small that network and then just keep it unless the idea there's a problem in the idea. And it, like you said, you map it out, you plan it, you work it. And if there's a missing cog, if there's a missing piece, then you got to start thinking, well, how the fuck do I solve that? And if that takes like a few trips to the toilet or if that takes like a few drives or something like that, then figure it out. But don't be sharing all your fucking ideas to everybody because the majority of people don't want you to succeed. They don't give a shit about you. And, and the majority that do care about you don't want to hear it either. They just want to see it. That's it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I'm very, uh, I'm very social and I'm very open and I'm very transparent, a very transparent person. Um, but I am very selective, uh, with, with who I, you know, share an abundance of information with, right. Cause to your point, like, you know, you're a hundred percent right. Like there's people that will smile in my face, but they want me to, they secretly want me to fail, 100%. you know? So like I, I've gotten uh, a better intuition and a better, I guess, vibe check, uh, now by kind of, you know, figuring out if people are on my team, um, you know, and if people are, uh, ha have a good, uh, energy and a good, a good, uh, you know, heart to them 
at least when it comes to me. So, um, yeah, and I have a good grip. I think, uh, you know, I'm confident in being able to uh, sniff out the bullshit. <laughs> the crocodiles, man. Crocodiles. Yeah. I got one last segment to do, Spencer, here, which is the 12 questions, man. So these mm -hmm. are all construction. I guess they're relevant, but I guess, I mean, you've been around construction. You know a thing or two, so it's, it's fine. You ready for this, man? Yeah, let's do it. This will be painless. There's no right or wrong. There's no test. It's not a test. Okay. What is your favorite construction word, Spencer? Um, favorite construction word? Development. What is your least favorite construction word? Mm. work <laughs> what turns you on in construction uh <laughs> just new new developments growth you know like a, fin a finished product like that that to me is exciting what turns you off in construction people not finishing shit yeah no shit uh what's your favorite curse word can be used in a phrase or it could just be on its own ah uh, fuck 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 there you go what is your favorite vehicle in the entire world uh favorite vehicle in the entire world you know i really like my jeep grand cherokee the new one it's a new one yeah i i really it's like huge it. man great. they made it massive yeah it's it's a perfect <laughs> size for me um and you know, I, I want to play around with it. You know, I don't need anything too fl flashy or anything like that. Like, I like my Grand Cherokee. Nice. What's your least favorite vehicle in the entire world? Oh, God. Um, so anytime I'm driving in, like, my garage uh, or, you know, I'm going to Publix or, you know, some supermarkets trying to find parking, it's when you think a spot's open, but then it's, like, one of those really short cars. Smart cars, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. So those <laughs> cars are my least favorite. Uh, what construction sound or noise do you love? Um, drill. What construction sound or noise do you hate? Uh, the backing up of, of any like track beat. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah, yeah. That's been expressed a few times. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? Oh, man one day like in a dream world anything anything in the world uh, i'd love to be uh, a football coach yeah nice. i played football you know in college you know i played overseas a little bit it was a big part of my life for a long time um that would be cool to get into nice what profession would you never want to do i don't think i'd want to be an attorney yeah regardless of the money it's just high stress just i i see I've, you know i've been around a ton of attorneys like eh, it's got to eat away at your soul man it yeah. has to eat away at your soul it's just yeah <laughs> if you yeah. still have a soul um and last question if heaven exists what would you like to hear god say when you arrive at those pearly gates hmm i love you welcome nice that's all. That's all. Spencer, how do you pronounce your last name? I never even try last names. How do you pronounce it? Boudreaux. Boudreaux. There you go. So thank you so much, man. It's 813leads, uh, www.813leads.com. And it's Spencer at 813leads.com. And on Instagram and all kinds of social, it's 813leads. Greatly appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much. Thank you.
Thank you for having me. It was awesome. Cool. We are out of here. Thanks so much.